Hello, you're listening to Sonographers Spill the Tea, a podcast aimed at achieving safety in sonography, fostering education and empowerment. Our goal is to share raw conversations on pertinent industry information that will incite real conversations in the diagnostic ultrasound community. And if you're enjoying all the tea in sonography, don't be shy. Share with someone you like. And also, click the like button and subscribe to wherever you're enjoying today's episode. Don't forget to join our Facebook group by the same name, Sonographers Spill the Tea, where you can dive deeper into a topic in community and submit your ideas for some freshly spilled tea. Don't forget, you can also join our learning platform at teamsano.ultrasafeultrasounds.com to access exclusive content on ergonomics, biomechanics, soft tissue recovery, and other injury prevention and empowering resources. Remember, this podcast is powered by Ultrasafe Ultrasounds, your number one provider of staffing, safety, and training solutions for both organizations and workforce members. Visit www.ultrasafeultrasounds.com today to find out how you can best benefit by choosing the gold standard in healthcare for optimizing safety in sonography for patient, provider, and practice. Email info at ultrasafeultrasounds.com or text us at 512-270-0278 to learn more. That's info at ultrasafeultrasounds.com or 512-270-0238. Now please enjoy today's episode of Sonographers Spill the Tea. Hey Team Sono community, it's your girl Joanna, founder and CEO of Ultrasafe Ultrasounds. And today's episode of Tea in Sonography is going to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more informational, because we're going to break it down and bring it back to bare basics. And we're talking about sound waves versus light waves. And what's really the difference between how sound or light travels and actually is perceivable to the eye. So it's a little bit of a scientific nerdy episode. So if you are not with that or down for that science life, you may want to skip to another episode. But if I've already got your attention, I'm really excited. So I know most of you who are familiar with me know that I travel around for work and I also homeschool my kids. And today we were chatting about visible light. And so for those of you who are a little bit familiar or not familiar, let me go ahead and refresh or teach you that there is a huge electromagnetic spectrum, right? And just a small portion of that is visible light, what our eyes can visibly perceive. And we perceive that through beautiful colors that our eyes are able to interpret. I don't know about you, but that is so exciting that we don't have to see life in black and white, right? We see ultrasound in black and white. And if you want to change the color map and be blue or red or orange or a little fancy that day, depending on your specialty and, you know, mood um, or what you're trying to present, the point you're trying to make for that patient, um, then we get to play around with a little bit more colors and ultrasound. But for the most part, we see those 50 shades of gray um, and we produce our images and live 
live that ultrasound life. But in real life, in reality, where we get to go outside and look at the beautiful sky and everything else around us in three planes and three dimensions, we see in color. We see in the visible light spectrum. And so how does that happen? How does the different colors in the sky happen? And as we're having this great conversation on wavelengths um, in the case of light, it brought us right back to sound wavelengths and how we perceive sound and how we get a visible image on the ultrasound equipment on the machine. Um, so that has you know more to do with the piezoelectric crystals and how that that's um, transmitted from when the sound emits from the transducer from the equipment into the body, bounces back, and is actually transcribed into a beautiful image on the screen. And the equipment is getting better and better, and the spatial resolution is getting finer and finer. But the wavelength concept is all the same, whether it's sound or light. So let me break that down for you a little bit more when it comes to the visible spectrum of what we can see in color. Typically, we get the question a lot, why do we see blue when we look up at the sky? Well, when we think about the electromagnetic spectrum and Roy G. Biv, right, the the wavelengths that give you the colors and hues of red, and then anything inferior to that, right, infrared is below that, and that's where we uh, get all different kinds of images. And then we go all the way up to violet, Roy G. Biv, um, and that's where we get more blue tones. And then on the other side of that spectrum is ultraviolet. Right. And so typically what we see in our sky is when the sun is right above us and we get that white light source of energy that our eyes um, get to perceive in color because of the way that the light, the white light interacts with our atmosphere and we get to perceive it in color. We get to enjoy that spectrum of Roy G. Biv. It is very similar when you are thinking about ultrasound, depending on the angle that your sound wave is able to travel in through the soft tissue, uh, through the adipose, and actually reach the organ or area of concern that you are insinating, that sound wave bounces back off of the organ and reconnects with your transducer. And then you see the image in perceivably real time on your screen, um, which is why it is so important that we prove things in three planes in ultrasound, our long sagittal plane, our transverse plane, and our Z plane, our depth. Um, so I just love the idea of just marrying the idea the wavelength concept when it comes to light and sound because it works the same way. It's the same concept. We see blue because blue is a shorter wavelength. It, it, we get that ultra, that's that ultraviolet um, connection on the wavelength that moves very, very quick because it has a shorter distance to travel. When the sun is above us, that sunlight, that wavelength bounces down and it travels back. Um, and what we perceive um, is that shorter 
wavelength, which gives us the blue hue. Now, when we look off into the sunset, right, you ever just see a beautiful, gorgeous sunset and you just get all the colors in the rainbow in there. You see the greens, you see the yellows, you see the oranges, you see the red far off in the horizon. Um, if you're not driving when you're listening to my voice right now, I would implore you to just close your eyes and just imagine a beautiful sunset where all of these gorgeous colors are just filling up the back of your eyelids and just smile at the, at the ability of being able to perceive that in real time as well, perceivably real time, right? Because it still takes time for us to see the light as it comes to us. But as we look off into the distance, that's where we see the red and it has the farthest length to travel. So because it is a longer wavelength and has a farther distance to get to us than when the light is right over our heads, um, we get to perceive an in a red hue, which is on the lo- on the lower end of the spectrum, right? So that's a longer wavelength as opposed to blue, which is a shorter wavelength. So that's all of the tea I had for you in sonography today was just to really give you an idea of how we get the image on the screen. And it's very similar to the way that we get an image in our eyeballs, right? We have to have a source of sound or source of light, a source of energy. And then that energy travels to a point of um, meeting with whatever it's going to interact with, whether that be our eyes or an organ. Um, Our eyes, of course, would be the sound and the organ would, of course, be what we see. And, of course, the image would be in ultrasound. Um, But it's, it's pretty much the same concept. You get to enjoy how the wavelength bounces, meets whoever it's connecting with or whatever it's connecting with. And then you get an image. Um, And the way that we see different things on ultrasound depends very much with what the sound is interacting with. So if it's interacting with liquid, it's going to be perceived on the screen differently because that sound interacted with that medium in a different way than if it would have interacted with bone. How did that sound interact with bone? So they show up very differently on the ultrasound screen through any type of a liquid, you would typically see blackness on the screen, whereas bone would either show up as very bright with a bunch of shadow underneath it um, because of the way the sound would hit that hard medium. It would bounce the sound right back up, um, creating a very bright light because of its very short length to travel. Um, And what it interacted with did not absorb the sound so much. The light or the liquid rather will absorb the sound um, to where you're just going to see black. But the bottom will either absorb it and the bone will either absorb it entirely um, or it will bounce back and create a shadow effect where you really can't see past bone very well. So that we insinate or look at in ultrasound, send that over to x-ray. Anyway, Thank you so much for enjoying this short snippet of tea in sonography. And if you have any other questions where we can dive into a little bit deeper of a topic, just go ahead and drop them in the comments below. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, all of those good things. And let us know what tea and sonography you are the most interested in either spilling or sipping. 
Have a great week and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sonographer Spill the Tea. To get more servings of tea in sonography, join our hashtag Team Sono Learning platform where you can train in certified courses on ergomechanics, soft tissue recovery versus scar tissue rehabilitation, and other best practices in ultrasound. And if you enjoyed our show, be sure to share, like, comment, and subscribe. We love hearing from you.